Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and today I am honored and excited to welcome as my guest, Lisa Berkowitz. Lisa has bridged the business and spiritual worlds for over 15 years as an MBA master level coach to executives and entrepreneurs, and as a former project manager with Fortune 500 companies and the World Economic Forum Annual Meeting. Lisa has extensive experience drawing out the life's work and business decisions of some of the world's most visionary and accomplished change makers. And she's done this, bringing it into deep alignment with who they are and why they're on the planet. I know you're going to enjoy my conversation with her and get some wonderful insights for your own life. So now I welcome Lisa and join in our conversation. So Lisa, you have such wonderful experiences and I want to go deep with you about some of the things you're doing today, but first share with my audience what was your journey? What led you to do the work that you're doing today? Ah, thanks, Verda. So, so yeah, thank you for the beautiful introduction and really delighted to be here. Um, what led me, you know, as with many of us, what I do today was something that I needed for myself. It's an expression of my own journey. So I, I did come from the corporate world. I had some pretty amazing experiences and the chance to you know, connect with some amazing leaders. And, uh, and I had a great experience, actually. You know, some people left the corporate world screaming. You know, if they left, it was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> really like that for me. I, I, really had, I was really fortunate. I had great experiences. But I went on retreat. I was really into personal growth and spiritual development while I was still in my corporate job. And I went on a retreat to Costa Rica and I had a vision download to me of traveling the world, of teaching, of speaking, of raising consciousness and human potential. And it was, it was like a clear knowing guidance. You need to leave your job. Mm. I didn't quite know what that was going to entail. Um, but I did. I quit almost immediately. I was really, it was only two months till I had left. And so that, the leaving of my corporate life to follow my own guidance and my own vision took me down a road, uh, a road I didn't expect. I thought I might take like a six-month sabbatical and learn and, you know, take a little rest and do some traveling. And it was, it was years. Like, it took me years to actually find my, my, my real expression of my calling. Um, so really what I was learning through that journey was what I coach around today was really trusting my own divine guidance, my own divine connection. Uh, I call, you know, that, that, that let soul lead that is the tagline of my business is really about the journey I took to trust the inspiration that I felt and that I saw in my mind's eye and to 
face the human things along the way that had to be healed and um, integrated and to, to surrender enough to trust what I was being pulled to do because I liken the journey to switching operating systems of your computer. Like if you are going from PC to Mac, for example, it's a totally different operating system. So all the things that had really led to success, you know, things that had worked well for me in the corporate world were all left brain things. My, you know, I have a smart mind. I, I can learn quickly. I'm, you know, I'm, but I'm also very intuitive and I was good with people. So that helped too. But it was, it was really, um, one set of one operating system that had done well for me to that point in my life. And when I went on this journey of my own to follow my soul's truth and lead from a different place, it was a totally different operating system. So the amount of faith I needed to have and surrender and trust and deal with the parts of me that were freaking out, you know, from the old ways of being right, my mind freaking out, like, we don't know what we're doing. Like, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out all the steps and you can't figure out the steps in the soul led operating system. You have to be present enough to receive what's here now <laughs> and trust that one step. And then that will lead to the next step. So totally different operating system. So that was really what, what, so what led me to this kind of coaching and work that I do today was my own journey of having to surrender and tr trust and listen differently choose to act from a different place inside myself. So you know, when you talk about it took you years, I, I would imagine that some of my listeners are going years, come on, you know, because we're in this fast pace, decide, decide, you know, move quickly. And so talk a little bit about why it took that long. What were you experiencing that caused you to say, I can't rush this. And also just the process that yeah. occurred over that time. Excellent question because I do always add this. So thank you for making sure I say this. I don't want anybody leaving with the idea like, Oh my God, it's going to take me years. On the one hand, it does take years because we're mastering something and that can't be rushed. Right? So on the one hand, yes, give yourself some time. At the same time though, I want to say that I left corporate a long time ago and the consciousness on the planet is really different now. I feel like the journey that I went through was slower and more methodical so that I could teach, so that I could guide, so that I could, I, that's my, that's my, my um, I think my coding right into my soul's DNA to actually go into the ins and outs and trial and error and discover things so that I can better teach and support others in it. I notice these days that some of the leaders showing up to do this work with me or just generally people that I know who are in transition, their changes are happening much more quickly. We are at a different place in history. We are at a different place in consciousness. So I feel like my journey taking the years that it did was partly just being an early mover on some of this stuff mm -hmm. and, and developing myself to eventually become, be able to become a support, a guide, um, you know, a teacher, a communicator about the subtle nuances of, of, of the things that I learned. So um, I, I notice things are happening a lot faster for people now. Some, some clients will come in, things that took me five years, it takes them six months. 
Well, one thing um, I'm curious about, because we think of corporate being so left brain mm -hmm. in so many ways. So it's interesting to me, and I think it might be curious for my listeners, how you came up with more of a right brain approach that some might even call woo-woo. How do you discuss being, you know, soul led yeah. in a corporate environment? What's your approach to speaking to a potential client? Yeah, what I would say with my potential clients specifically, they have a predisposition to, to the spiritual, to, they have a spiritual life. They've already been on a spiritual path. They have a sense of something much larger than themselves. It's not odd or foreign to hear the word soul. So I'd say for the people who work with me specifically, there's no, I don't have to educate them on that or pull them along. I think they know I'm their person to support them because they have a, a spiritual life that matters and they want it to be central and they want it to be better integrated into the way that they lead and the way that they work, the way that they run their businesses, whether they're executives or entrepreneurs. So, so the woo woo, I guess my people are woo woo. Um, but there are other, listen, there are other terms, right? We all use different terms to say the same thing. So there's intuitive leadership there. Like there's all kinds of terms, you know, uh, mm -hmm. innovation in companies, intuition, intuitive leadership. Uh, so many terms that others are using that are really saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like we all kind of need to know where we fit. And well, you know, to me, what I'm, what I'm thinking of is uh, you're bold in, in how you position yourself. And as a result, and I say bold because you're clear. You don't ha hesitate to say, this is where I help you. And we're not talking religious here when you're yeah. talking spiritual. It's a very different approach. But the fact is that helps you, I would think, attract your ideal clients and really prevent you from investing time in those that aren't a good fit. You said it, you know, they know you. And so I think that that is uh, an important takeaway for folks when they think about who am I and what is my unique offering and to be willing to claim it and declare it, I guess, and say that. And I was curious did that take you a while to decide to come to that terminology or how did you arrive at that? Mm -hmm. Great observation and question. And it's something that I, I guide on all the time, particularly for entrepreneurs who are positioning themselves in the marketplace because our tendency, I would say generally speaking, our tendency is to be more broad and general, not wanting to leave anybody out. You know, this, the things that I teach are could anybody could use them. They're not, you know, they're not for some people and not others. And in, and in another way they are, the more specific and narrow we become knowing who we can best serve. I find, I have found for myself, it's very, it's been very helpful to have the right people find me. So um, earlier on, it's interesting when I started coaching, I was, Inside someone else's organization, I had come from project management. So when I came to coaching and on the online world of coaching, I ended up first doing some projects as a former project management. I did some projects for a coach who was really great at online marketing and sales. This was a different way 
than the traditional way I had learned in corporate. So I learned in making products for him, this online world way of, of marketing and sales. And he had me start to coach people inside his organization who are coming through his company. And I was supposed to be executing on his, his approach, but what I was bringing was the soul piece. And so they were getting great results because I was actually making sure it wasn't just a tactical or strategic application of these tools and techniques. It was a soul-based one. And so I discovered early on that there was something I was doing that was different and that was relevant and that mattered to me. So I was, I suppose, fortunate. I didn't do a ton of trial and error where I was trying to be too much like somebody else. Mm -hmm. But over the 10 years since I've been doing this, um, I would say, you know, it's evolved too because it was early stage, purpose-driven spiritual entrepreneurs at the beginning. And then it became more advanced, established entrepreneurs and eventually it became executive, started finding me. I wasn't even looking at that world. I thought, I left that, I'm not going back. But in fact, consciousness shifted and there you know, executives like everyone else are in, in a self-discovery process of like, what really matters to me? What is, my, what is my higher purpose? How do I become more aligned with who I'm born to be, my, with my mm -hmm. soul self? So it evolved over time, but the soul piece was always there. And now it's, but it's narrowed even more. Like now it's like, well, now I'm working with people who are at this place of they're advanced on their spiritual path. They're highly accomplished in the physical world. And they're at some kind of point of full surrender to the, to who they're meant to be, who they were born to be. It's like the divine is asking them to hand themselves over completely. And um, and so there are sticky parts, you know, sticky bits and places where the mind or the personality is, you know, scared to let go. And so there's a very specific focus now at this point. So it has evolved over time, but it's, uh, it's always been soul based. Well, let's talk about a specific individual that you've worked with where they came to you in a specific place and what was it you helped them work through to get to the other side, if you will, so that they were able to more self-actualize and get in touch with what they were really capable of. It's helpful to get out of the conceptual yes. into specific situations. Yes, I'd love to. Great. Uh, you know, what pops in my mind immediately are, are two clients that came almost at the same time, both CEOs in two different industries, and both ha had come to this place of am I doing, am I really in alignment with my soul? They literally had the same wording. It came like within weeks of each other. It was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, both of them had this, like, I want to, I'm, I want to know if I'm meant to be continue doing what I'm doing as the head of this organization. I'm really committed to being on my soul's path and I can't tell. And so the process that I took them through was really around quieting the noise. So there's this sort of distinguishing between signal and noise. Like what is actually soul and what is everything else? What is the noise that is everyday pressures? Mm -hmm. What is the noise that is the, own, you know, the inner critic or the commentary that the mind provides all the time? What, you know, there's all kinds of inner and outer interference or, or, or noise. 
And so my role really with both of them was to help to create a space in which they could quiet things down, release some old energies or interferences, beliefs about themselves, um, daily habits that might not be so as, as, as helpful in terms of being connected to the deeper part of themselves. So quieting down the noise so they could start to distinguish what's true, deep truth, and what's not as true for me. And then the ability to actually start to receive direct guidance. So I really connect them in with their soul's voice. Their, and, and some people don't say soul necessarily. It might be that their higher self, their, mm-hmm. their, uh, their future self, their uh, source connection, whatever you want to call it. I, I'm coming from the perspective that the soul blueprint is there. We're all a flavor of the divine that is completely unique. And that the blueprint for what that is meant to be, like an, like a, an acorn is meant to become an oak. I'm helping them to discern what the language of the soul is for them so they can hear it more clearly, Mm. go into that space, connect with that guidance. And then all kinds of magical things happen along the way while they're living their lives, you know, between sessions. And so for both of these leaders, what was fascinating was they both, as they kind of quieted things down, healed some old thoughts and feelings connected more deeply into their guidance, two totally different things happened for them. One actually came to the realization that her passion project it, it was a priority. It was kind of down the list. She had a mm. really huge idea for something to change the community. She decided to take a sabbatical, put all kinds of things in place in the company to be able to run without her for a year. And that was her soul's truth. And so she could pursue this vision and the self-care she needed. The other one ended up with an opportunity to make an acquisition for her company. And that acquisition ended up completely changing the energetics of the company. So the original part of the company was actually in decline, started to, started to take its rightful place, like we can honor, but it's in decline. There is this new fresh energy. We're going to put our focus here. And it actually connected to her larger purpose, something that was very um, personal to her about the story she had lived. And um, she was able to, to add a, um, a uh, charitable component to that new acquisition. And so like one part of the company was in decline. One of the, uh, this new part of the company has started to grow rapidly. And she was jumping out of bed in the morning because her day-to-day activities, which she now started to have this, uh, this connection to soul and this ability to listen on a daily basis and stay connected and distinguish signal from noise. So I just love, like I never know with any individual what's going to emerge. They come with their original intent to be in alignment. Mm-hmm. And we just help them understand what that alignment looks and feels like. And life starts to take its own path. Well, you know, you said something earlier, I think it was around your own growth, around just knowing what the next step is or taking that next step. And then the ones after that will reveal themselves Mm -hmm. at the right time. And I think for my audience, some of the takeaways there are the willingness to get quiet and, and listen 
to whatever we want to refer to it as. I like the various phrases that you use because everyone has their own, I think, that will resonate with them. But the idea is to stop the chatter in our own heads as well as the noise from outside to just listen and pay attention to what we could be learning if we would only get quiet. And this particular time with the COVID-19 situation has given some folks that extra time to get quiet mm -hmm. because uh, what I've heard from different consultants and coaches is some programs have been deferred or contracts have been deferred, outright canceled, but they have more free time now yeah. to... Um, to think about what it is they want to do. And I think it would be instructive for them to find out from you what changes you've needed to make during this time because you have been on the go traveling a lot and now you're in one place and have been for the past few months. So talk a little bit about your own journey and things you've been learning during this process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super. Um, yeah, so I was nomadic for almost nine months prior to the COVID thing hitting us. And I was in Toronto where I was born and raised visiting family for two weeks when the lockdown started. So I'm still here. We're, we're, we're speaking about this, uh, you know, months into it. So I'm still here. So I, I, yeah, I've had to, I mean, I guess, you know, part of this training is around being okay with what is and part of like what I teach, what I practice and therefore what I teach is being okay with what is and what it brings up inside, you know, the, the willingness to be still and slow down and be quiet is so challenging because we have these habitual ways of being and these, you know, I like to, to say there are mechanisms that run inside that are, um, survival base that are, you know, that, that come from the self-protective mechanisms of, of conditioning of the mind. So to slow down and to have to be in place to lose business. I mean, fortunately, I'm very fortunate because my, my business was primarily online the whole time. I wanted my business to be mobile because I'd love to travel so much. So I'm very, very fortunate. And because I work also in addition to being online, I also work with people who are very faith-based. So actually nothing has interrupted my business, which, which is awesome. And I get that there have been a lot of people affected is the nature of their work. Contracts have had to be paused or disappeared altogether or clients can't continue with what they had already committed to or whatever. So for me, it's really, um, in fact, I've become busier because I've been in service more, even beyond my clients and asked to do a lot of things and uh, supporting family and friends. And so it's been a very busy time. So I think what's been most helpful for me in this time has been the application of the surrender process, just any frustration any, yeah, talk about that. What do you mean when you say surrender process? Yeah, just it is what it is. So being with, like feeling the feelings that come up as a result of not being able to do what you want, when you want, how you want. And then there's 
the added component for some people of having their income interrupted and issues of, you know, stress, financial stress or health stress or business, broader business stress and having responsibility for employees. Like there is a lot of fear and concern. And so that, that for me, the surrender process is being able to be so present to what's coming up inside, to the stress, to the fear, to the concerns of in whatever form they take to have to pivot. Like some of the pivots I've had to make, um, I, I'm not used to being inside so much, not used to not moving my body as much, not being, you know, the weather wasn't so great here. So getting outside, you know, having to, having to adapt to, to the weather, having to um, have a new rhythm in my day, being online much more. Like I've had to adapt to a lot of things and it's not my norm and it's not what I would choose to be at my best or to be my healthiest or, you know, so that surrender process is okay. Like what's coming up in me? What is this making me feel? How can I, I started to, um, I started to do it to do a Kundalini yoga practice because it was a way to do some vigorous movement mm-hmm. and breath and, um, you know, just adapting to different ways of doing things, but it, it all kind of comes down to, am I, res- am I, am I resisting against what is, or am I going to breathe through, be present with, surrender to it, give attention to the discomfort that comes up in me as a result of not being able to do what I normally do? Um, that's what I mean by the surrender process, and and it's a key, and it's a key tool. Like, you know, we can't create. In my experience, we can't create the things we really want if we're pushing against the things that are. Oh, that's so smart. Uh, That's a brilliant line. And I think it's something that too often, because of, I think a lot of the um, messages out there is when you hit resistance, just push through it, you know, Uh, work harder. Uh, and, And I'd love for you to talk about that because I'm guessing some of the folks you work with have been consistently high achievers Mm -hmm. and you know are motivated to really have a positive impact and so what kind of guidance or support are you providing to them when they come to you frustrated uh anxious whatever those negative feelings might be based on what's happening in their respective businesses and worlds What, what are you saying or what approach are you taking with them yeah, so very similar to what I was just saying. First and most important thing is what's coming up in you. Let's give space and presence to what are you feeling? Where is it in your body? What Let's are the re- acknowledge it and acknowledge and, it and not try to deny or push it away. Mm-mm. Acknowledge it, name it, welcome it, be curious about it. Um. I, I, I have a process called the transmute your trigger process. So trigger can be anything, a big trigger or a little anxiety, whatever. Um, but to really actually sit with the sensations in the body that are created by the thoughts 
and feelings at play Mm -hmm. and to go into those with curiosity because we have this like subconscious my experience is we've had this generally as humans we have a an aversion to go to those places that feel the most uncomfortable and so even when I mean, I work with awake and aware people, even myself and, and all the awake and aware people that I know who know this still have this, like, can have this subconscious aversion to going fully into that sensation or that emotion or that thought. And so that's one of the key things. Like, let's just give it room and, and let's just be curious, drop any resistance to it whatever your experience, drop the judgment of it that you shouldn't be feeling it or you wish you didn't have it going on or you, you've learned this already. Why can't you get it? You know, all the, all the voices, all the ways and just actually drop into it and be curious and see what happens. And very often, almost all the time, I would say, I could almost say 100% of the time, as they don't need it to change, it changes. As they don't need it to go away. And, that, and so I liken that to unconditional love. It's like you give it space, you give it acceptance, it doesn't have to hold on anymore. Anything we judge, anything we resist, it's like crazy glue. Only love will release it. And I, I liken love to, to presence you just be present with it. So that's where we would st- always start if someone, you know, a client or anyone <laughs> just uh, start with what am I feeling, acknowledging it, naming it, and then looking with curiosity at it. I love that approach of curiosity. Mm. Um, it, it reminds me um, a little bit of using that word neutral. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that lack of judgment, just asking questions the other thing that w- the image that was coming to mind was like gripping a fist yeah. tightly, tightly. And the more we try to resist looking at something, you know, the more stressed, the more pressured we feel. But if we're willing to open our hands to let go and really just take a look, I, th- I think thoughts that were going through my mind as I was listening to you about myself and thinking of people that I know that tendency to want to judge ourselves. You know, when you say, Oh, I should already know this, Uh, you know, for those of us that have been avid lifelong learners, that's an easy thought to have come up. You know, I've read so many books on this or I've practiced this and yet here I am experiencing some negative space. And then I think that it would be easy to get into kind of a downward spiral if you don't have that awareness mm-hmm. of judging and then feeling worse and mm-hmm. feeling like I shouldn't do this or, you know, so there's that criticizing on top of the feeling. Yeah. And so I, I like your approach of just encouraging the person to be curious about it. Yeah. And it, it's be- beautifully said, Meredith. And, and, it, and it makes me think of um, one of my early teachers on this was Eckhart Tolle, who would say, if you just observe the pain body, he calls it the pain body, anything that's conditioned, anything that's contracted and conditioned and yelling at you that you're not enough or whatever the, whatever the thing is, right? Judging you. As, long, as soon as you can observe it, you're not 
identifying with it the same way. And it ushers in a level of consciousness that allows that conditioning to unravel. So I just assume that presence, I, I say presence is medicine. I just assume that the moment I'm willing to just be with something and observe it, the divine is doing its job. It's like the divine part of us comforting, cradling, you know, being kind to the human part of us that has felt separate and alone and not enough and whatever the story is, there's, you know, everybody's got their version of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, that's where I, I think of our divinity and our humanity begin to integrate and they're not being held apart anymore where, where the soul can lead, where the divine can lead and just be that spaciousness, that presence, that allowing and the conditioning can just unravel. Mm -hmm. And I assume that that is happening. And so share a little bit about what insights you've gotten during this time where you couldn't travel. Mm -hmm. You've talked about some of the adjustments you've had to make, mm -hmm. but what else have you learned about how you can structure and carry on your business, your work with clients that may be different now and going forward than it has been in the past? Um, it's a great question. And I would say not much has changed for me personally. Not much has changed. I would say um, there has, there are some things that I know I'm meant to create that I can see in my business. I, there are some things I need to stop doing to make room for that which is coming in. So that's an adjustment. I feel like there are, there are probably some offerings I will not offer anymore. And uh, it's a little bit like I've been saying, you know, with, with COVID, there's this distinction between essential businesses and non-essential businesses who gets to be open and, and, and not open in the physical world in a retail environment. And, and I, that's, I would say, some of the things that uh, in my activities in my business, I can see some are essential going forward and some are non-essential going forward. So there are some things I'm letting go of. I'd say that's the biggest change is that recognition. Um, but the actual work itself, not really, not really in any big changes. I mean, I have, I have a, a body of work and a methodology that, that works Mm -hmm. It works in whatever context I bring it in, whether it's whatever type of client, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or in a small group or in a retreat, it's the same medicine. I, I have a saying, soul is simple and mastery is practice of the basics. And so it's really the same fundamental levers all the time that I'm calling on, the same fundamental tools and practices, right? So in that respect, not much has changed. But for me personally, uh, the, the, the pause and the grounding in one place after so much movement has really shown me some distinctions between essential and non-essential going forward. And that's just an evolution of me and my expression. Sure. Well, thinking about that with everyone because we're all making you know some discoveries about ourselves and how we've responded to this situation and when you talked about you know kind of discovering what you need to let go of I think that that 
is an, another important piece for people to consider because mm-hmm. we can get wrapped up in doing certain mm-hmm. things and thinking, mm-hmm. well, that's what I'm supposed to be doing or I need to be doing. But the reality is we can take a step back and ask, is this serving me? Is this getting me the results I'm looking for? And is it helping me be in a place I want to be? Because just thinking about you and your work, you're, you're unique. I don't, I don't know about totally unique, but one of the cool things that I think is so wonderful about your work is you're really looking at where you want to help the client, who you want to help them step into. Yeah. And who, in, in terms of who they can be, as opposed to achieving a certain financial result or some other metric, is, is would you say that's right? Yeah, that's yeah. That I'd say they, there there is an outer result that may be something that they would love to create, but the first order of things is is who they're being, and and to what degree they're embodying their the divine aspect of them um, I, to, to link that to the last thing that you asked and, and, and what you said, which was very, very true. This time of pause where for me, I've been able to kind of look at, okay, there's some things that are becoming non-essential for me to make space for things that are essential. That's my soul talking to me. And that's the same thing I've been offering to others, to, to those I serve to say, listen, here we are, we're in this, this, this pause moment for all of us to take stock. And from my perspective, we, we have lots of opinions about this whole COVID thing, lots of opinions about what's really going on with it, lots of opinions about where it's headed. And what I'm saying is, listen, it doesn't really matter. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Ultimately, it, everybody's right. Because what you believe will kind of lead you down. There's like multi, there's infinite timelines from this point forward. There's mm-hmm. infinite paths from here. We get to we get to align with the one that serves us best. Is what I'm saying. The the path that serves best is the one that is most closely aligned with your soul's true blueprint. It's the most efficient, effective, fulfilling, impactful way forward. So let's just align you with that. So who you're being. You know, again, I'm going to reference, it pops in my head. I'm going to reference Eckhart Tolle. He, he, I heard him say years ago, uh, in terms of our purpose, we all have a primary purpose and a secondary purpose. The primary purpose is our state of consciousness. The secondary purpose is what we do in the world. And that really resonated for me at the time. And as it's integrated in my unique way through what I do, that primary purpose is how attuned are you to the divinity within you to literally you every answer to every question you have is already here are you listening Mm. right are you are you in a state of of alignment with the divine aspect of you with your own soul with your own soul's truth secondarily, that will tell you what step to take next physically in the world as a result, a natural byproduct. You will know what the next step is. Most of us have a a calling, a vision, a yearning for something, to experience more of something, to create something, to have, have, have a vision of a way we want to make a difference in the world. 
in order to fulfill that, even if you have that clarity, some people don't yet, right? They're still looking for that, that like, oh, what do I want to align with that I want to pour myself into and like make a difference in this world, in the physical world. Whether you have that clarity or not, whatever that is that you're meant for, that you were literally born for, the oak tree you were meant to be, the flavor of the divine you're meant to be, starts with the energy that you're emanating, the essence that you're emanating, the alignment with your soul's essence. And as you be that, then everything that matches in the outer world can come because you're in resonance with it. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's who are you being first? And then It'll, you'll be shown the next step. You'll have the next synchronicity. You'll meet the right, next right person. You'll, you'll have the right words to say or the right words to write if you're creating a book or you're doing a talk. Whatever it is, everybody is different. Mm-hmm. Um, or that acquisition opportunity can come into your company and, and change the culture of your company because all of a sudden it's like whatever, whatever the outer is, is called to be, um, it, it's, it's being this first. Oh, this is all so good, Lisa. I, we could talk for hours, I know. I want to summarize a little bit of what you've said, though, because I think this is really important for my audience to think about for themselves. Mm-hmm. I've heard the acorn to oak tree, you know, dozens or hundreds of mm-hmm. times even over the years. But the way you just talked about it, to me, resonated slightly differently because you're making it personal about us. So if we are an acorn, we need to not try to be a squirrel, (laughs) you know, or try to be a different kind of tree. And that whole thing of getting quiet and and becoming more conscious of what your, as you call it, your blueprint, you know, who you really are meant to be in the world based on your, you call it your blueprint DNA. I, I really like that because what it does is it honors the natural abilities that we were born with and learning to tap into those instead of potentially repressing them to be who we think our parents or others in the world expect us to be. So I just think what you have shared today is profound for everyone to really give thought to, you know, who am I really? Who am I supposed to be in the world given what I'm made of? And then how can I manifest that in what I do? Whether it's being the best mother, the best father, the best whatever, but to recognize that. And and I think the word honor just keeps coming to mind in thinking of what you've said, Mm. that we don't judge, criticize, compare with someone else and what they're they're becoming, but really loving who we are and and embracing who we are and then being tuned in because I think and, and this is you know personal, but I think it applies to everyone. If we're busy thinking about how we're supposed to be, it's very difficult to listen to who we really are. And you and I have talked before about the whole thing with me with podcasting. It just resonated with me to be able to talk to people like you and ask questions and and bring that out. And I think that's just a simple example of how 
I've stepped into an area that just feels so right and, and connected for me. So beautifully said, Meredith, everything you just said. Thank you for the reflection. And, and yes, so you're a perfect example with your podcasting is it's, it, it's, it's gifts, you know, honoring is a beautiful word that you raised, honoring our gifts and abilities because you clearly have a natural ability for this and also honoring our natural inspiration like what what lights us up to me that's the the voice of the soul or the language of the soul speaking or the divine life is seeking to express through us Mm -hmm. and we have this natural aptitude for certain things natural interest in certain things and and that's if we follow that if we have the courage to follow that then we can blossom into who the divine created us to be it's it's, ma- it's magical. And I, I think of us as being like nature, as you say, you know, there's oak trees, but there's also maple trees and pine trees. And I don't, you know, if I'm meant to be an oak tree, if I'm trying to be a maple, like something's off. I'm never, it's going to be hard. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be harder than it needs to be. Let me bloom as the oak and you bloom as the maple. And then we bless each other, you know? So thank you for that beautiful summarizing. Oh, well, that's, this was great. Would you share, because I know people will want to know more about you. How can they connect with you and how can they learn more about the services you provide? Yeah, the easiest way is my website. It's under my name, lisaberkovitz.com, but you can also get there by letsoullead.com, same place, and you'll definitely get a good flavor of what I, what I offer why I do what I do. That's great. And what social media um, sites are you active on? Facebook, Instagram. I'm not, I have not been too active lately on social, to be honest, but, uh, but I am there. Um, I have a group called the Empathpreneurs Group. So that specifically, I do a weekly Facebook Live in there, and that is very consistent. I'm very consistent. My Instagram has not been as active lately for some reason, but my um, weekly Facebook Lives happen in, in the Empathpreneurs Group. So that's really for sensitive leaders who know they have a high degree of sensitivity in their constitution. I've noticed that they do business differently than other people, and that's why I created that group. Oh, great. Is that open to anyone or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. anyone who identifies with being in business uh, in a way that they're, they want to honor their sensitivity and do things their way, not the way everybody else tells them to do it. Mm-hmm. I really believe that the soul blueprint also tells us that tells us the best ways for us to do business. Great. Well, Lisa, thank you. You've been such a gift today. And I know you're a gift to all the clients who get to work with you. And I appreciate all the beautiful wisdom you've shared with us today. Thank you, Meredith. Back at you. You're the way you serve. It's a joy to connect with you every time. And, and really thank you for all that you do. Well, I have wonderful people like you that serve as examples. So thank <laughs> you. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, 
I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.